just witnessed a mini meltdown. You guys, uh, you guys, you just you guys, held your, you just you put guys, your hands, I know, you had your hands and I, screeched at the top of your lungs, not for the, no. the sake of a bit, but for the sake of your own sanity. I know, I know. And I sat here helpless. <laughs> there was nothing I could do except try not to laugh. I've got two words for you, America. Technical issue. Uh, ah! You know what? Avoidable. Technical, and those are the worst kind. <laughs> Hi, Julia Pensavalli. Hello, Patrick Hines. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. I, think, I think we're going to be all right. I mean, I guess I guess yeah, so. All right, okay. As long as Linda Tripp isn't anywhere near us, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. We're going to get to her in just a minute, but uh, bam, a couple of things to know. Okay. Obsessed with this happening. Yes. September 31st through October 2nd. It's programming during the day. It's live shows at night. The live shows are True Crime Obsessed, Obsessed with Disappeared, Morbid, and Scamfluencers. If you don't know Scamfluencers, oh my God. Tickets are going real fast. The programming during the day is going to be panels with everybody from you and me and Ellen and Joey to Bob Roth and Rabia and Maggie. Yeah. The Let's Go to Court ladies are doing a live podcast taping. The Generation Y guys are going to be there. Tim and Lance. Rebecca and Kevin from Crime Writers oh On. Oh my God. It's going to be like some true crime stuff, some fun stuff, yeah. some fun true crime stuff. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Karaoke on the main stage. Yes. Jillian's uh, Taylor Swift sing-along. <laughs> of course. I'm going to do a thing where I'm reading a chapter of my new book. I think I'm going to do the chapter about when B. Arthur hated me you for a must. weekend. You simply must. It's crazy. And so the tickets are going fast, fam. We've got a couple hundred tickets left, which I know sounds like a lot, but they're going to go quick. So it's going to be 2,200 of your true crime best friends. Oh, man. Go to ObsessedFest.com to grab your tickets. Yeah, and come alone because you're not coming alone. You're coming to see all your friends. Totally. Don't worry about traveling by yourself. Don't worry We're about all going to be there. We're doing a big meetup for all the solo travelers. Yep. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Other than that, all I want to say is join the Patreon. Sure. If you want more Jillian and me, yeah. 350 full ad-free bonus episodes to download and binge yeah. right this second. The ad-free version of ourselves. It's yeah, true. It's on the, the pates. Yeah, it's all right there. All right there. And there's like a thousand of them. Just make sure your phone has space. And if not, just deal with it. Yeah, just deal with it. My phone and, never has space. No. <laughs> and I'm okay. I love the people doing the re-listen to the Patreon from the beginning. I know. I love these people. I know. The best. Lastly, join the Facebook group. That's all I'm going to say. That's okay. it. That's all I got. All right, fine. Okay, we love so you. we got a lot to do. Okay. <laughs> All right, girl, what are we talking about today? We are talking about this thing on Hulu. It's, it was an ABC News special called Truth and Lies, Monica and Bill. I don't even know how to begin to describe what it was to see my face on TV, to read my name in the newspaper and know that people are learning about my little relationship, my private relationship, and that all these people that I cared about were going to be in trouble. This story has everything. It has power, it has politics, it has sex. A navy blue dress with the president's semen stain on it. There was a fascination about it, and there was a fascination about Monica. She was a White House intern, and he was the president of the United States. In the Me Too movement, she would be looked at in a different way. Monica, you have been described as a stalker, a seductress. Describe yourself. I'm very loving. I'm very loyal. Uh, I think I'm intelligent. <laughs> if the Monica Lewinsky scandal happened today with this Me Too movement, Bill Clinton wouldn't be president of the United States. You realize she was just a kid and she was caught up in one of the biggest scandals in American history. I've got a bone to pick with you right from the start. Me? I kind of. What? Ann Coulter's here. We have to Ann Coulter? We have to take Ann Coulter seriously as a talking head. Oh, she's absolutely not, not. She's not even here to get made fun of. No, absolutely. This is like when Rudy Giuliani showed up in Fear City because totally. he was part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. know like who he really is, he looks like not so bad. God. And I resent it and I hate it. Look, I'm just going to say it because I want to get it out. My sure. favorite Ann Coulter joke from those Comedy Central roasts from years ago. Ann Coulter, if you're here, who's scaring the crows away from our crops? And that's like nothing compared to what she actually deserves. We'll get into it. She's a nightmare. Uh, I just want to say, we don't usually talk about this like coming up on or like what we're going to see, but we do see a clip of Clinton winning the 92 election. Yeah. And it immediately cuts to Al and Tipper Gore and they're singing along with Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow oh. and they just look like such fucking boomers. You know what? They always do at those <laughs> I know, things. I know. Like, more often than not, the band is like, "Don't please don't use my song. <laughs> totally. How dare you? I know, I How know. Dare you? The Demo- they, they're usually fine with the Democrats. Yeah, or you have the Republicans playing Fortunate Son. It's like, you don't know what that song means. And you lived it. Look, read the lyrics to Fortunate Son. I know. Before you play it at your goddamn rally. They're talking about when Clinton was elected president. It was a generational switch. It was the old guard of Bushes and Reagans that were gone. And now we're these young, 
40-something Democrats who are going to change the world. He was young and charming and forward-thinking and charismatic. Yeah, for the first time in 12 years, a Democrat wins the presidency. And Bill Clinton was super, super popular. Yeah, and everyone said that he had, like, a supernatural level of empathy. There was something really charming about Bill Clinton. You know what I mean? He's lost that since. I mean... Like, honestly, after this, I want everyone to go home and write a letter or write a tweet apologizing to Monica Lewinsky for everything we did to her. I know. She was a grown woman who made bad fucking choices. Yeah. And he was the fucking president. He and was, she was an intern. Power yes, imbalance yes. out the wazoo. I couldn't agree more. Give me a break. But, like, me and Hillary are here to remind you that she was a full grown woman. Oh, God. So. <laughs> Look, the Republicans hated Bill for many reasons. Here are a few of them. One, people liked him. (laughs) That's true. Just the fact that he was liked, they hated him. Because he smoked marijuana two times but didn't inhale. Right. That he dodged the draft. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And his sex life. Yeah. Because Republicans really, really, really care about other people's sex lives. Oh, my God. So much. So much. Get out of my ears. We're about to go right back to a time where Steve and I aren't even allowed to have sex with each other. I know. Isn't that crazy? It is. The whole thing about his sex life was that, like, it didn't come from nowhere. There was talk from the early stages about his uh, sexual proclivities. His greatest challenge as a campaigner, his greatest challenge as a candidate, comes from these ghosts of his promiscuity in Arkansas. They say that like it took up the rest of America a little bit to catch up to what everybody in Little Rock already knew because he had been the governor there and everybody knew that he was just like super loosey-goosey in the He's pants area. Promiscuous. Yeah, thank you. That's the word. He was cheating on Hillary left and right all, with all the women who surrounded him and worked for him. Again, power imbalance. Yeah. But everyone knew about it. We learned about this guy, Gary Hart, that they just assume we all know about. Don't know. I figured you did. You love political stuff. I thought you were going to say, I was like eight when this all happened. But I'm Gary, you right, you weren't even born yet. I know. I know. I felt like a real dummy for the way they just like. I had heard the name Gary Hart, and apparently Gary Hart in like '88 was the front runner for the Democratic nomination, but lost it because he got busted cheating. And that's why no one's heard of him. Exactly. (laughs) And here's my thing, Bill and Gary and everybody else: it's just not that hard to not cheat on your spouse, unless it's a compulsion, and to which with Bill Clinton it 100 percent is. And like, I'm not making an excuse, but like, you have to own that. Don't act like that's my private. Not when you're like. don't do that. No, not when it, not when it could compromise you. That's the whole thing. Is right. that like if you've got secrets and the fucking Russians find out, then there we go. This is why for centuries gays couldn't get elected <laughs> to anything. <laughs> so that's why Bill Clinton didn't run in '88 because they're like, uh, if they got George Hart and I've done all the same shit as him, I'm definitely not running. But then he figures by 1992, America's over it. So that's when he runs. It did not blow over, Bill. It didn't blow. I mean, to his credit, he did win. But then right. he spent the next eight years of his life basically in front of a grand jury saying I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that woman. That Which he did. Which he did. But the minute he's back in the spotlight, they're like, hey, can we talk about Jennifer Flowers? And he's like, oh, fuck. Here we go again. A major contender for high public office is confronted by charges of private wrongdoing. Do you have any comments about the allegations from Jennifer Flowers? This is where I learned that fucking Scarecrow and Coulter's here. Look. And I was like, look, I resent having to take her seriously as a talking head. I don't like it at all. Children, in case you don't know who Ann Coulter is, yeah. she's what I like to call a professional nightmare. Yes. And what I mean by that is that she makes her living by being the worst. Yes. So she says insane things to create controversy and get attention. She knows it's awful and she loves it. Yeah. See, also. Yes. Candace Owens. Sure. Rush Limbaugh. Yes. Alex Jones. Yeah. Any number of Trumps. You can't see Rush Limbaugh because he's dead, thank God. Thank God. You know? But those kind of people who are like, I'm going to be awful and I know it and they try to stir controversy. That's Ann Coulter. And the problem what's so annoying about her is that like again like the Milo Yiannopoulos thing from the whatever whenever oh, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. They don't give us any of that context and she comes off as super smart and funny and charming. But she does come off as super fucking smug too uh-huh, a lot of the time uh-huh. which is like a little bit of her. She's here because she was actually a major player in the scandal which they don't go into. I didn't know but that. She How was, was she like, a player in it? She was like on the team of lawyers that was helping oh. like bring Bill Clinton down. I didn't know that. I thought she was just like a talking head on all like the fucking views no, of the time. she was like making she was like like working with the media outlets like the Drudge Report to get this all out there so she was like right in the thick of it but we don't get that context either this documentary is sort of lacking in a lot of context in important areas and also the timeline is all over the place I know but anyway Ann Coulter tells us she was a nightclub singer the molecular opposite of Hillary 
the exact opposite of Hillary, which is Ann Coulter's shady way of saying, like, sweet and charming. Right. And a person you want to hang also, out with. Also, fucking barf about <laughs> Ann Coulter. Have I made that clear? She's the goddamn I know, worst. I know. She takes every, and Linda Tripp does it too. Yeah. To every opportunity to just dig at another woman. Linda just bring Tripp. Them down. Sam, we'll get to Linda Tripp in just a minute. But, like, Linda Tripp, I texted this to you earlier. She only knows how to say things the rude way. Yeah. Even when she's not trying to be rude, she just says <laughs> things the rude way. She's the opposite of you. I've seen you walk around in circles to say things in the polite way. Yeah, even when the person deserves totally, yeah. me saying it the way I want to. I am. I just am fascinated by Linda. How did you get that way? I have to say, if I accomplish one thing uh-huh. on this earth, yeah. if that one thing is being the anti-Linda trip, totally, I will yeah. rest well. <laughs> And I will be okay. Linda Tripp is, oh my God, what a, what a piece of work, that lady. Right. So Jennifer Flowers says that she was Bill Clinton's lover yes. for 12 years. She has the tapes to prove it. Bill lies to the press immediately. It's told to us that Bill and his team see this as an opportunity. If you talk about the infidelity, you don't have to talk about the draft dodging. Uh-huh. And people are much more likely to forgive the infidelity than the draft dodging. Sure. So let's just talk about that. So that's when we see the famous Bill and Hillary on 60 Minutes, where Hillary says that line, like, I'm not just standing by my man. It's like, Tammy Hillary paid for that to this day. To this day. But, but did you just say Tuesday? I said to this day, I thought. <laughs> did she stop paying for it on Tuesday? She did. She paid for it two until days last ago. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> See you last Tuesday. <laughs> but the lying is that Bill's like, she always called me, by the way. I never, ever, ever once called her. Meanwhile, there are tapes of him not only calling her, but telling her how many times he's called her and couldn't get through. It's Bill, so- pick a different lie. Hello? This was kind of like just at the dawn of the internet. So people didn't realize there were receipts everywhere. Right. You know what I and mean? And he even says, look, if everyone says the same thing, we are not going to have a problem. So he's saying, I've called you a thousand times. And I he's know. also saying, let's all lie. I'm- it's going to be totally fine. Let's lie about it. <laughs> Billiam. Oh, God. Billiam Clinton. They explain to us that when Bill is, like, running for president and, and wins, the Jennifer Flowers thing is sort of put behind him. It was sort of like America gave him a slap on the wrist. Like, we forgive you for that, but, like, don't fucking do it again. Because he's like, I'm flawed, I'm reformed, please right. forgive me. And everyone's like, you know what, okay, that's fine. But the thing is, the journalists don't buy it. No. The jur- they all head down to Arkansas yeah. to get as much dirt as they can. At one point, some reporter says, Suddenly, people were learning much more about Arkansas than perhaps they really wanted to know. And how the Clintons had may or may not have tried to make money in, in ways that were unethical. Everyone learned more than they ever wanted to know about the state of Arkansas. And I'm going to say, as someone who just returned, totally. I agree. You agree. Because they all think that Bill Clinton is like a slippery scumbag. They use the word slippery. And I got to say, as much as like Clinton was beloved in my household, he does come off as a slippery scumbag. He is. I know. Like, because he is. <laughs> right, totally. Let's not do 100%. that thing no, where agree. we don't call it what it is. No, he's a slippery scumbag for sure. Quick side note. Can I tell a quick funny story? Sure. Right before the 2016 election, Steve and Daisy and I were playing in a play playground over on the east side yeah and i was talking to this mom our kids were playing together and whatever there's like a hundred people around and we talked for like 20 minutes and she walked away and steve goes you know you just spent 20 minutes talking to chelsea clinton shut up and it was a hundred percent and her daughter was charlotte and she we like i met the i met what charlotte you guys talk about nothing I, just Absolutely like parenting nothing. and the kids yeah. running around and play it was cra- and it was like days before the election we also i want you all to write letters and or tweets apologizing to chelsea as a hundred percent oh my god what we did to these i know oh my god so they're down in Arkansas, just, you know, getting through it. Yeah. And they're, these journalists are coming up with questions, right? Yeah. About cover-ups and missing money and cronyism and a mysterious suicide. Yeah, and this is where we learn Bill and Hillary didn't have any money. Because Bill, as the governor of Arkansas, was being paid $30,000 a year. I did the math on that. The equivalent in 1992, which is his last year being governor in Arkansas, $30,000 was the equivalent of $62,000 in today's money. Oh, wow. Maybe our fucking politicians wouldn't have to be slippery scumbags if we right. paid them appropriately. Yeah. And I understand that like many politicians are way overpaid and yeah. all of that. I get it. But like that's not enough money for the guy. He's in charge of your whole state. Yeah. That's not enough money. Imagine how nurses feel. I, teachers. I, I, I agree. Yeah. But I am just saying we give them a lot of power. We should pay them a little bit more. Yeah, we should. Yeah, it's a mess. It's not, God, I didn't it's create the system, Jillian. No, Don't look I at know. me like I want to pay them more than the it's nurses. It's a mess. Everything is horrible. It's very bad. It's so fun. So we're at the Whitewater controversy. Yeah. And the Clintons, like what we learn about this whole thing is that they didn't really look 
look into the deal as much as they probably should have. Because they had this friend, Jim McDougal, who, like, fucking now Ken Starr is here. I know. Ken fucking Starr, like, the independent counsel who, the like... The Star Report. The Star Report, exactly. Ken Starr is telling us that... When a guy like Jim McDougal comes around and says, ooh, let's invest in this land deal in Whitewater, it seemed like uh, a good, sure thing. The McDougals, well, they were Bill and Hillary's business partners. They were crooks. So why would you affiliate uh, with a couple of known shady characters if you're Bill and Hillary? Because you could. Jim McDougal was like, hey, you should uh, buy this real estate over here and invest in it. And they like didn't think about it. They just said, okay, because they thought they were going to make money because they were broke. Right. And so they learn from Nixon and Watergate to say like, yes, investigate us. So that's why they hire yeah. ruthless conservative judge Ken Starr, knowing that he hates them. Yeah. And it reminded me of that part in the West Wing where CJ's like, Leo, we need to be investigated by someone who wants to kill us just to watch us die. <laughs> Am I crazy or is this not a job for the House of Representatives? No, but that's the thing. Like to connect the line there, they buy the Whitewater land when he's governor. Right. And then when he's president and all of this comes up, it's when Clinton's like, hire the worst guy. Hire the guy right. that hates me the most. Because he they, he wants the American people to think he must have nothing to hide if, right. if they know that Ken Starr is going to be ruthless, which he is. But the problem is that they look into Whitewater and there's no there there. There's always been the suspicion that when he got the Whitewater independent counsel job, he became a prosecutor with a political goal that he wanted to get ahead and that he saw getting Clinton's scalp as part of that. The Starr investigation started off being a Whitewater investigation and it ended up being, you know, any dirt you could find on Bill Clinton. It turns into like, let's just find any dirt we have on him. We learn about Travelgate, which is like the Clintons hired the travel staff and put their friends in there instead. Yeah. Filegate. Filegate. It was gate on top of gate on so, top of yeah. gate on top of gate. And there's like a lot I of... I have seen that movie. Yeah, oh, gate on gate on gate. <laughs> but there's like a lot of suspicions around the Clintons and they weren't all that transparent about it. And like someone even says they were so private and so tight-lipped that it worked against them because it just made it look like they had things to hide. And that like when we can say now in retrospect, there actually wasn't much needed to be hidden. These investigations were a bunch of nothing burgers. And like Bill and Hillary just didn't know any other way than to just go inside, you yeah, know? Yeah. And there's this one picture of Hillary. It's a crazy picture where she's like leaning over whispering something into Bill's oh, ear yeah. and the other eye is just popped right open it, they're at, at a, the camera. They're at a million all the time, like shoulders to their ears. Everything's very, so it just looks like they have to be hiding something, I know, right? and they're probably just trying to figure out what they're having for lunch. Oh my God. She's like, I really want a cheeseburger. Get the salad with the grilled chicken. Totally. Get the, the, that really dry, totally. no fun at all salad. That yeah, that's what hates. it's called. Yeah. It's called the no fun the at no all fun salad. salad. Yeah, totally. Dry chicken on lettuce with no ranch no to be ranch. seen. So none of these accusations seem to stick. Ken Stark doesn't really find anything. So you'd think that would mean the investigation's over, right? Right. Wrong. So what happens is we learn about Paula Jones. 1994. And Paula Jones' story is really serious, and we'll get to it in a second, but we also learn about these like two Arkansas state troopers. Mrs. Clayton said today the allegations by two Arkansas state troopers that they helped Mr. Clinton lead a double life with other women when he was governor will end up in the garbage can. It seemed like one of those hijink stories out of Arkansas. He was obsessed with women. And he on several occasions would tell me the blonde or the brunette or the redhead. They were the ones that would like be running women for Clinton, like getting women in and out of hotel suites and rooms. They come forward to be like, this guy's a philandering dirtbag. Because as like we learn, 1994 comes along and Bill Clinton's lawyers are up to their ears dealing with all the cheating he's right. been doing down in Arkansas his entire life. I mean, it's so crazy. It's like, wouldn't you think if you had secrets like that, that you just wouldn't run for office? I know. It's Again, it's a compulsion. These I know. People, I'm sorry. These people are just too, it's more than ambition. There's something, it's another You're word. Right. It's One too time, much. When I was like in my early 20s, my car got booted because I had so many parking tickets that I didn't pay. <laughs> and I thought. <laughs> That's when they put that thing on where you can't yeah, drive and it. You can't drive it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll never run for office now. This would be too embarrassing. That was the worst thing I ever did. We'd be lucky to have you. <laughs> car boot and all. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> but like, even though Ken Starr was hired to look into Whitewater, yeah. he's like, oh, this is all I need. The state troopers and the Paula Jones thing, even though one has nothing to do with the other. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't a narrowly focused investigation. Like, he just had free reign to do whatever he wanted. And this is where we meet literary agent Lucianne Goldberg. Barf. She's totally garbage. Barf. But in this moment, she's talking about how, like, everybody knew he was a philanderer. And she goes, There's an extremely erudite phrase they use down south. They call somebody a horn dog. And I knew he was a horn dog. Horn dog. Yeah, we've heard of it, Lucianne. <laughs> 
We've heard the word horn dog, Lucien. Get out of here, Lucien. You're a literary agent and you're I trying know. to teach us about the word horn dog. We get it. <laughs> you jerk. You jerk. So let's go back to May 1991, which is when the Paula Jones story took place. She right. came out in 1994, but in 1991 is when it happened. Yeah. So it's May 1991. We learned Clinton has just flown back from Cleveland where he's given like the defining speech of his early candidacy. It like solidified the nomination for him. Right. So he isn't even fully the nominee yet, but he's just given the speech is going to make him the nominee. And he's so hopped up on himself that he just like needs to like have sex with a woman who's not his wife. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So he calls Paula Jones. Yeah. And like we learned that Paula Jones is like a state employee and one of those troopers that we were talking about. Well, on the day of May 8th, Trooper Ferguson approached me and handed me a little slip of paper. And he told me that uh, he used the word Bill, would like to meet with you up in this room number. And Mr. Ferguson said, it's okay, we do this all the time. She's a little confused, and they go, it's okay, we do this all the time, Paula. Stop asking questions, you dumb girl. Which I was like, way to make her feel special. I you know, know what I mean? We do this all the time. I know. And she's like, uh, okay. Like, she was admittedly naive. Yes. And she thought, like, well, if he wants to see me, maybe I'm getting a job. Because remember, she's a state employee. Like, she cares about local government. So she's thinking the governor, like, is gonna maybe offer her a job. And also, the power imbalance is, like, when you get summoned to his room, you're you thinking, this must be work. This, of course. Because because he has the power to give yep. her a, a better job. Yep, yep. Let me just, can we take a little pause Please, here? about the press conference? Yes, because okay. we jump into the future where Paula Jones is giving a press conference explaining what happens. Oh. I want to hear you tell this part of the so story. So what happens, she's about to tell her story, but before that, yeah. her lawyer or someone is getting up telling the journalist what they're about to hear. Yes. And they say... Paula's going to give you a, quote, blow-by-blow account. Of what happened in the hotel room. The entire room laughs at her. Yeah. Everybody laughs. And you could see it on her face that she's sort of smiling. She doesn't understand it. Right. But they're laughing at her. And when you hear the story, you're going to be fucking pissed like me. Before she tells the story, she calls it sexual harassment. Yes. It's more than that. So she goes on to say, through interviews in the press conference, because like you were saying, the timeline is a little all over the place. Yeah. So she goes into the room, unsure of what's going to happen, hoping it's a job or something having to do with her, her work. Yeah. Well, he tried to pull me over and he put his hand up my leg and he told me how he liked the way my curves were and he liked the way my hair went down to the middle of my back. He walked over beside me and before I knew it, he had dropped his pants He exposed himself and um, he asked me to kiss it. He unbuckles his pants, takes his pants off, and, quote, he asked her to kiss it, meaning his penis. Right. So when someone gets up there and says she's going to give you a blow-by-blow account and yeah. everybody laughs, right. that is the most garbage I mean, we're going to get to more garbage, yeah. but that is that is terrible. Because she tells us in the press conference, I said, I'm not like that. I'm not that kind of girl. She was humiliated and she left. But the thing is, nobody believed her. Right. Like, everybody believed that she had sex with the president and is lying about it. So, like, the blow-by-blow line is even more offensive because the press is telling her to her face, we don't believe you. Right, because also Bill Clinton said to her, you're a smart girl, let's yeah. keep this between us. So she didn't say anything. She was humiliated. I have to say, like, describing something like that, saying the words out loud, yep. no one wants to, and especially, like, you can gaslight yourself and be like, he didn't. What? Of Did course. He? Because it's so unbelievable and you're so humiliated. Yeah, and, and like somebody says, like, in the current Me Too era, like, we would learn how all too common of course. instances like this are. Yeah. But, like, back in the day, of course it was just as common, if not more, and no one was talking about it. So how brave Paula Jones actually was to come out and like stand in front of a group of journalists and like tell her story. Right. So remember that happened in 91 and this lawsuit happens in 1994. Because Clinton's attorneys are like, you're going to like, obviously this happened. This is going to ruin you. Whether you win this or not, like this story is going to ruin you. You need to settle. And we're told that like just his ego, his ego wouldn't let him settle. So he denies it. Well, at first when Paula files the lawsuit for sexual harassment and civil rights violations, he just refused uses to acknowledge it. Yeah. And he's like, why? The President of the United States then interposed the most, to me, astonishing defense, uh, which had no merit whatsoever, which is, I don't have to answer a lawsuit. I'm the President. 
go away. Because I'm the president. Exactly. That's why I don't have to acknowledge it. And I'm like, oh, this is and a real slippery slope. That's the thing. Like, in our current world of politics, we like to think that, like, only Republicans do this. No. no. The fucking Democrats can be garbage, too. Of course. You oh, know? Every, oh, come on, I know. everybody. I know. So Paula Jones is like, oh, yeah? She's going to take it to the Supreme Court. And that's when a lot of other women start speaking up. And one of those women is Linda Tripp. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Tripp comes forward and is like, I have a young friend who's ha- currently having an affair with the president. And it's like, Linda Tripp, shut up, you loser. But like, she's like, I don't have any personal experience with Bill, but my young 20-year-old intern friend named Monica Lewinsky sure does. The problem is, like, Linda's motivation is bad, but what Monica was doing was very dangerous. And of it was course. very bad for her. Yes. And somebody who knew better needed to get her out of there. And that's not why Linda did what she did. No. But the result, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know what I would have done if Monica were coming to me, but I would have done something to end it. You wouldn't have encouraged her. Linda Tripp was encouraging her because of her own personal gain. Let's get into it. (laughs) Okay. Right. So Linda Tripp, just we'll get into it in a in a minute. But right now, all 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 they tell us is that she worked in the Pentagon and yeah. she hated hated <laughs> Bill Clinton. We'll get into why. Then we get this whole thing about the government shutdown of whatever year it was. This is an example of the documentary giving us no context. Yeah. I don't remember what year the government shut down, but like basically they sent all the government workers home except the interns. The interns were allowed to stay. They were running a skeleton staff at the White House, and. Monica Lewinsky, an intern, was the bearer of late-night pizzas to the Oval Office. And she has all of this access to him. She would bring him late-night pizza. Well, she was bringing everyone late-night pizza (laughs) in this story. But throughout this documentary, we get the actual audio that Linda Tripp recorded. Yeah. So, like, Monica Lewinsky, I'm just going to say this now. Monica thought she was confiding in her friend-slash-mother figure, Linda Tripp. Totally. Linda Tripp was never a friend to Monica Lewinsky. No, She was always a monster. And she was on a mission to get a book deal that we'll learn about. And, like, her agent, that woman, Lucianne, or whatever the hell that woman's name is, said to her, you know the girl that's having sex with the president? You got to get her on tape explaining it all. That'll get us the best possible book deal. And we'll get to take down the president, which I know is the thing you want to do the most. Right. So, like, when we hear these tapes, Linda Tripp is, like, egging Monica on for her own... I hate her. I hate her. I can't even finish the sentence. (laughs) But she was 22 years old. She's working for the president. Of course, she's very drawn to him. And the thing that's so crazy is that this relationship with Monica Lewinsky starts just as the Paula Jones trial is, like, heating up. He cannot stop himself. After Paula Jones sues him... Him, yeah, he starts up with Monica. Can you imagine? It may, make it make sense. I know. I don't like. I know. Stop talking to me about what the meaning of the word is, I and know. just make that part of it make sense. Yeah, and like Monica's not a part of this documentary, but she's been in other documentaries, so they start using clips from other right. ones. First of all, she looks like a million bucks. Yeah, the, the documentary she does. from like recently, she looks incredible, and she's saying that like he paid a lot of attention to me. He spent time sort of standing there and held my hand longer than he should have and gave what others have described as the full Bill Clinton. It feels as if you're the only person standing there. He would look right into your eyes, make you feel like you're the only person in the room. And of course, like, she's 22 and, like, totally drawn to him. Right. And we also learned that the Oval Office, of course, is very well protected. You need to pass three doors to get in. Yeah. And she was always invited in there. And I didn't even know this. Apparently, there's a small office off of the Oval Office, which is where the president spends most of his time. Because, like, the Oval Office is only used for, like, ceremonial purposes or whatever. And so that was, like, a little tiny little meeting room that was, like, their hidden private room where they would, like, get together. Right. And so it started as a kiss and then it became more and more because Monica says, I just looked at him and said, I have a crush on you. And instead of getting her transferred immediately, instead of handling it like an adult or like the leader of the the president who is being sued (laughs) for this very thing. What does this fucking idiot do? This this predator, he takes her up on it. And my thing is like, who thinks you're going to get away with this when you're taking the 22 year old intern, even if nobody on your staff talks, you really think she's not going to tell anyone you really really think she's not going to fucking tell somebody? He is. It's a compulsion. He's yeah. not thinking ahead. No. Nope. He's, he's not even thinking about Paula Jones and the lawsuit in that moment. Yeah. He's not thinking about any of the other 20 women he's taken advantage of. He is just thinking right now. Yeah. And then we get like all these stories about like what actually happened between the two of them. Like we're told. After Monica Lewinsky flashes her thong uh, at Bill Clinton, she's with him at one point when he's talking on the phone to a congressman. He has her performing oral sex on him as he's talking with two congressmen about sending troops into battle and who later said, 
oh my gosh, that was me. <laughs> and then we're told that she was giving him oral sex while he was on the phone with two congressmen talking about sending troops into battle. We are told that story by Ann Coulter. Yeah, I don't know about Take that. Take that shit with a grain of salt. I know. Get back out to the fields, Ann. We're going to guard the crops. <laughs> Ann Coulter, you piece of fucking trash. Do you think she's a paid at the 20? <laughs> no. And if she is, take your fucking money back and I'll refund her. Any- no, because if she was, she'd be tweeting at us to try to get more clout or whatever about how horrible we are. Oh, God. In one of those documentaries, the footage that we see, Monica says, I have to tell you, I was swept away. It was cool and irresponsible. And oh my God, it's the president. And like, he sees her as just another sex object. Right. He has the most powerful job in the world. And she's yeah. a 22 year old intern. And that's disgusting. Yeah. So like their quote relationship starts. And what their yeah. relationship is like, they'd meet up sporadically every several months. Yeah. Another thing that I think people thought is that it was like every night they were having this like torrid affair. Right. And it was spread out over several months, which was killing Monica. Yes. All she yes. wanted to do was see him. And, and he would say like, I can't see you. I can't do this. But he also wouldn't say like, Monica, we can't do this at right, all. Right, right, right. He was leading her yeah. on because he liked the attention. Yeah. Of, and he liked the sex. And the sex. Of when, when he got it. But he had plenty of other women. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Monica wasn't the only one. The extent of their relationship was far bigger than most people know. It wasn't just like a single sex act in the Oval Office. They had a relationship. I really think Monica thought he was going to divorce Hillary and marry her. Dirtbag Ann Coulter does make a decent point where she's like, I really think Monica thought he was going to leave his wife and marry her. I'm sure he was like, once I'm done with this whole presidency thing, yeah. it'll be me and you, baby. And then I was like, who cares what you think, Ann Fuck Coulter? You, Ann go, Coulter. Guard the, go guard the past. She looks like... I don't like talking about people's looks. No, me either. But there is something about her that she feels like the Crypt Keeper. And that's I all know. I wanted to say. If you have a side-by-side of Ann Coulter and the Crypt Keeper, you say, who's more evil? I don't know. I know, I know. That's all I'm saying. But he would also, like, recycle his own moves. Like, the same book he gave Hillary, apparently, Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman, he was, like, giving to Monica, too. And stop doing that. Like, if, if men, women, if somebody gives you a copy of Leaves of Grass on a date, really? Run. Run. That's such a player move. Yeah. Like, look how, like, world and classy I am. I love Walt. Wh- Shut up. You know what? Don't give me homework on a date. Aren't we here to have fun? Don't 100%. give me something to read. What do you want, a book report next I week? I know, I know. Absolutely not. And Ann Coulter says, I think in a closet full of Shut up, Ann Coulter. But like, that's the thing. Every now and then she says something funny. It's I don't like know. Rudy in Fierce City, Rudy Giuliani. If you didn't know anything, you'd be totally. like, he seems like a totally level-headed guy. Million he million. is not. <laughs> he is so not. And neither is this monster Ann no. Coulter. Speaking of monsters, yes. let's talk about how Monica Lewinsky meets Linda Tripp. So this is my favorite thing in the world because... Are you talking about the music man? No. Can I just take it Please. for a second? I can't believe I wasn't talking about the music man, but no. So the staff knows that Bill has, quote, a wandering eye, right? Uh-huh. They know something's up with Bill and Monica. She's around a lot. Like something's going on. Uh-huh. He, he, they know he's cheating left, right, and center, as yeah. they say in the UK. Right. And so someone is just like, and that's when we realize they got trouble. They got trouble with a capital T. <laughs> right. And then I'm just like, and that rhymes with P and that stands for a Pentagon, which is where Monica got transferred and how she met Linda Tripp. Can you imagine, like, you're banging the president, you're super in love with him, oh and then God. one day you get to notice that you're being transferred to the fucking Pentagon? But the thing is that we'll get to later, they weren't banging. Right, exactly. You know? Well, they're having a relationship. Of course, they have a very, it's a sexual relationship, no question. I'm just trying to put myself in Monica's head to get the letter that, like, sorry, like, today's your last day at the, at the White House. Right. You're never going to see the fucking president again. You're being banished to the Pentagon. So now we're, like, getting a sit-down interview with Linda Tripp from 2001. Oh, my God. when Monica goes to the Pentagon, she meets Linda Tripp because currently that's where Linda Tripp works. Monica arrived in April of 96. I had very little to do with her. She was a pest. She'd show up at my desk. She'd want a picture of Clinton. And so I thought of her as a groupie, just um, an immature young lady. Linda Tripp in this interview has got a chip on her shoulder and a sweater. She did that thing where she wrapped a sweater this around gigantic, her. This gigantic, like, lavender <laughs> sweater where it's like, that's uncut. Take it off. It's the thing where, like, she was never going to wear. The, it being over her back and her shoulders is part of the look. It's, it's the part outfit. of the look of the outfit. And, but in 2001, I, Linda, no. I'm, not, I'm no fashionista, <laughs> no, believe same. me. Feels a little outdated <laughs> for 2001. Am I'm I like, wrong? I guess you're just going to leave that on for the whole interview? Great, Linda, And she's, like, great. leaning forward a lot. She's a nightmare. So Linda Tripp, in 2001, after uh, she has all this distance, yeah. she's still saying, Monica was an immature groupie. She was a pest. <gasps> She'd show up at my desk asking for pictures of Bill. And I got to say, I had very little to do with her. I okay? know. Then she I says, know. then she says, it was clear that Monica was someone's pet rock to get that kind of job. <laughs> Any way to just cut her down. It's crazy. But this is 
where we get the Linda Tripp backstory, oh, which I just think is so funny. She worked at the White House under George H.W. Bush, loved the Bushes. They were clean, neat, and tidy. She thinks the new inhabitants of the White House, the Clintons, and their staff yeah. are a bunch of slobs. She hates them. <laughs> she hates them. She hates the administration, everyone in it. She misses the Bush years. Of course. She cannot wait. So she was so obsessed with the White House. Oh, my God. You know how children sometimes grow up and want to be Miss America or... Um, that clearly wasn't a choice. To me, the White House was the dream. I would have cleaned toilets with my tongue <laughs> to work in the White House. I would have cleaned toilets with my tongue to work there. Linda, girl, sit down. I just said, calm down. We get it. You could have just said I really wanted to work at the Again, White House. Again, that's not true. She is trying no, no, to be I write like, that script. Yeah, right. She's trying to be like quotable. Yeah. And like, oh, how cool. It's like, Linda Tripp, you I still know. are talking shit about Monica Lewinsky all of these years removed from I it. Know. She's a loser. She's such a loser. But so like, Linda was kept on at the White House when the Clintons came in and eventually one day they were like, she's too grumpy. Get her out of here. But she's, yeah, so they're like, <laughs> send her to the Pentagon with all the other people we like banish from the Oval or whatever. <laughs> and she's like, Super entitled. She really she is. She doesn't understand that, like, that's what happens with a new administration. Yeah, and yeah. she's lucky to still be on the payroll to I begin know. with. She does not want to be at the Pentagon. Well, Linda Tripp had worked in the White House under President George H.W. Bush. She was clearly not a fan of the new folks at the White House. She viewed them as slovenly. They were disrespecting the house that she respected so much. She hates Bill Clinton. She hates those fucking <laughs> Oh, wait, I just missed the Bush years. And I'm like, imagine missing the Bush years that much? That you, oh, like, God. ruin Monica Lewinsky's life. I know. You know what I mean? Like, that's her straight line. Like, Linda Tripp is like, I miss the Bushes. Yes. I hate the Clintons. I'm going to ruin Monica Lewinsky's totally. life. Totally. That's like, that made total sense to her. And she's just so angry. Like, she's so mad. This is like the part where I say that, like, even to this day, she only speaks in insults. Yes. She only speaks. It's like every insult is a perfect zinger. But it's like I gotta it, give it to her, no, GP. I gotta give it to her. But if you're so obsessed with the White House, don't you know how it works? I know. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. can't have everything you want. I don't know. I'm sure, like, yeah, stay angry, I guess. I like, know. go out and vote and campaign, but don't just like stew in the basement of the Pentagon. Like, well, so she meets Monica Lewinsky. They become like quote best friends right away, and everyone's like, they both love to gossip. They both love to the drama. They were a perfect match. You know what just occurred to me? What? Linda is also an immature groupie. She's just a, a groupie for the White House. Republicans totally. just as much as, as oh, she yeah. is accusing Monica of being a groupie. Yeah, totally. Take that, Linda. But the thing that we learn about their like relationship is that it's like within seconds, Monica is telling Linda Tripp about her relationship with the president. Which makes me sad that Monica like didn't really have anyone. I it know. seems like it appears that she was very, very lonely. Yeah. And she needed sort of like a mother figure, and that's what Linda Tripp became to her. And it's like the worst person for Monica to have told is Linda Tripp. Who hates him. And he's I like, know. Linda, who <laughs> hates him with the five and thousand sons? And she Linda says, I was more than happy to listen. I was fascinated. I couldn't believe, could he be that reckless? Could he be that arrogantly re reckless to philander with a child? I was reeling from the horror of it all. I was fascinated. Because Linda wants to write and sell a book right. about her experience in the White House and how much she hates the Clintons. Right. And so this is where we get back to that woman, Lucianne Goldberg, who's garbage, because we learned she's a book agent, but she's like a super political conservative. Lucianne, by the way, is a hoot. I don't think Ugh. that she and I would get along, no. but she's kind of a, she's kind of funny in this. I'd, I want to throw her gin Ricky on her. I know. That's probably what she drinks. But Linda calls Lucianne and is like, I got this story. I know this girl. She's like hooking up with the president. I want I want to write a book. What do I do? And Lucianne is the woman who's like, you got to tape it. You got to tape everything. And you've been having conversations with Monica for weeks or months or whatever. You got to go back and get her to retell you all the right. shit she told you on tape. Because Linda was already taking extensive notes. Yeah. So every time Monica and like, Monica's like, we're getting up and I'm like, hey, I love you, butthead. <laughs> I called him butthead. You didn't. I did. I called the president a butthead. She, and Linda's like, oh, Monica, you didn't. <laughs> and it's like, she is egging her Monica, on the whole time. Monica, Monica, Monica. Oh, Monica, what are we going to do with you? But Linda, the fucking loser, yeah. was gossiping, fake gossiping with 22-year-old Monica and writing dates, times, locations, quotes. So Lucianne's like, that means nothing to me. Go back and get her to repeat all of it. Tell her to tell you the story again from the top, five, six, seven, eight, and let's get it all on tape. And like, Monica was just too naive to realize what was happening. Happening, you know? And Lucianne does say she is trash, but she does say, Linda, 
this will destroy Monica. Yes. Do, do you want to do this to a 22-year-old? Like, are you sure you want to be the person who does this to her? Yeah. You could just gently tell her, this is a really bad idea. Yes. Yes. Don't sleep with the president. This right. is horrible for right. you. Please have a friend yeah. your age yeah. and go out and meet, go to a gay bar, for God's sake. <laughs> Which she ended up doing for the next, for the like, next three fun. decades. She Monica shouldn't have had to go through hell to get to the gay bar. <laughs> but see, she wanted to wonder she never left. The road to hell is paved <laughs> with good gay bars. So... <laughs> Like, Linda Tripp could have... Monica could have made different choices. Yeah. Linda Tripp also could have. I 1 million percent agree. So we learn... She had over 20 hours of tapes. What to do with those tapes? Well, she found something to do. It's chilling to hear her draw out of Monica Lewinsky what she, Linda Tripp, needs to advance her goal of bringing down Bill Clinton. Linda has over 20 hours of tape. That's like evil that she's doing this with such a purpose. Linda says, I did not betray her. I probably saved her life. Linda. Linda, please. Again, she has years of distance when yes, she's saying this. I and know. she's still firmly, like, I guess we all have to sleep at night somehow. I, and that's how Linda gets her Z's. <laughs> and so on the audio, Monica says to Linda outright, I could never come forward about this. It yes. would ruin my life. Like, Linda, if, if you said anything or if anyone did, I would deny it yep. to the death. Monica is also living for the Clinton re-election because Clinton, according to Monica, has told her, if I get re-elected, I'm bringing you back to the White House. And he gets re-elected and does not follow through on because that promise. Because he didn't care about I her. I know. Like, he was just playing her and that's so gross. And like, they, they say like six or seven months go by without them talking very much and she's just showing up at public events just trying to see I know. him. I know. And we, I mean, th- those are all the famous clips. Exactly. Of her looking up hopeful, like, hopeful, yep. maybe he'll look at me. It's yep. like, it's, God. It's very sad. But Linda hears, this would ruin my life from Monica and she goes, you know what? I have another phone call. She goes right to Paula Jones and her lawyers and says, I have all of these tapes of some other woman. Do you want them? Exactly. And they say, hell yes. And I gotta say, like, at this part of the doc, we start to get more and more of the Monica tapes. She is hysterical. Hysterical. She's like sobbing. It's like, she's like, I'm so hurt. Oh my God. It's so hard. I know. But if it's any consolation. You have no idea how hurt I am that I'm not going back. I know. It's the worst. It's the worst. I know that. It is so tragic because Linda just wants more and more of the story. Right. So she's saying like, she's just like, oh my God. And she would encourage this because it was good for her book. And then she says in that interview, she goes, the histrionics never stop. They just increase. Linda. Linda. You're the reason. Exactly. Exactly. I said, Linda is not what we would call an empath. (laughs) No. So Bill Clinton promised that Monica can get back to the White House once he wins re-election. Yeah. He gets re-elected. He doesn't do that. Right. So Bill Clinton decides to get Monica a shut-up job. He calls a friend of his named Vernon Jordan, who's a very fancy-pants lawyer, famous, well-respected, whatever. And Bill calls him up, and he gets Monica a job at Revlon. I mean, isn't this insane that, like, like you can pretend that you don't know who she is, but you're calling your friend about her to get a fancy job? To get her out of the White House because she's too much trouble for you. And also, like, Monica really doesn't want to have to interview for the job. She just wants to be told where to go and when. She's like, ideally, yeah. I know. <laughs> so Linda Tripp brings all of this audio to Ken Starr, garbage Ken Starr. So Ken Starr is still, remember he started out like investigating the Whitewater stuff? Right. He's still fucking on Clinton all these years later. Right. And so Linda brings all the tapes to him. And some reporter says something that just like really nails it. They say, I couldn't believe that Ken Starr would have gotten involved in this. It was as much a story about potential prosecutorial overreach as it was about sexual dalliance with a former intern. We're getting real far away from the point. Exactly. And so because Ken Starr's office is involved, suddenly the FBI is involved and the FBI gets Linda to invite Monica to lunch at the food court at Pentagon City. Small, Fancy. Small budget for the FBI, I see. I the food court. But I guess... I know. Lots of Panda Express. You okay, know what fine. I mean? Sure, Lots sure, of sure, options. Sure, sure. I guess it can't be out of the ordinary because right. Linda wouldn't be like, let's go to this fancy... She's not springing for no. a fancy steak no. lunch. <laughs> food court sounds about right yeah, for yeah, Linda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, at this point, unbeknownst to Monica, Linda's cooperated with the prosecutors. And she's wearing a wire. She's wired. So Monica wants to talk to Linda about perjuring themselves. Right. (laughs) Because Monica was, at this point, Monica has been subpoenaed and she lied. Because what's happening is the FBI and the prosecutors are trying to get Clinton. And in order to get Clinton, they got to get Monica to flip on him. And in order to get Monica to flip on him, they got to get her to do some really bad shit so they can threaten to throw her in jail for the rest of her life. Yeah. In this conversation with Linda Tripp, she acknowledges that she would 
would lie under oath. And she's begging Linda not to say anything. Yeah. She, and because Monica's like, Linda, I'm telling you right now in front of this Panda Express as my witness. My biggest fear in this moment is you telling someone about this. Yes. And she also acknowledges that she signed a false affidavit. So she lied saying she didn't have like a relationship with the president. And all of a sudden, the FBI and Ken Starr's people swoop in go, and take go, Monica. Go, go, yeah. go, go, we got her. 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 Other people's sex lives. We love it. <laughs> May I please finish my Panda Express? Absolutely not. But you can take it to go because I'm hungry and I want it. But they take Monica like from this lunch at the food court with Linda, which she's probably like, oh God, I can't wait to get away from her. Oh, anyway. Totally. I just got to get this. I just got to <laughs> vent to somebody and then I'm off. But they take her to a hotel room and Ken Starr is here to say she was not taken into custody. There was no question that she was free to leave. But we invited her to continue the conversation with our agents. We made it real clear she wasn't under arrest. She could leave at any I time. I bullshit on that, Ken totally. Starr. That is not what happened. <laughs> no. That's not what you do ever in this situation. No, they take her to a hotel room where they scare the living shit out of her. They tell her they're going to get her on obstruction of justice, witness tampering, and conspiracy. She's potentially facing 20 years in prison, and they're going to get her mom. Yeah, we'll get, and your little dog, too, totally. essentially, is what they said to her. <laughs> and they're trying to get her to turn on the president. Yes. And, you know... And and say that he told her to lie and told her to lie about Paula Jones and say all this stuff. They want to use her to go after Bill Clinton and she refuses. She's like, I'm not wearing a wire. I'm going to stay loyal. I'm not going to turn on him. So she refuses the FBI. She says, I'm not doing any of that. Her mom comes and gets her. Her mom's got a, an apartment at the Watergate. Yeah. They go back to the mom's apartment and Monica describes, My mom lay awake all night watching me sleep and made me take a shower with the door open because she didn't want me to hurt myself. She was afraid you might do yourself harm, kill yourself? I felt very responsible. They were afraid that she was going to kill herself. Right. So now Bill Clinton is being deposed for the Paula Jones case. It's a massive deal. Yeah. I mean, I was like in middle school or something. I, re- I kind of remember what yeah. a big deal this was. And they're saying like the president is being deposed. He ha- he can't say no to this. He has to do mm-hmm. it. And so Paula Jones and I'm with her. She's like, I'm going to be vindicated today. Of course. Because the world thinks she's lying. They paint her as an opportunistic woman coming after the president. She wants $2 million to settle it. But she's like, the president has to tell the truth today and I'm going to be vindicated. Yeah. And it's not. What happened? Paula, I'm so sorry, girl. He doesn't. He denies everything. Also, can I just say this? Yeah. He arrives in a presidential motorcade. Paula Jones arrives in a fucking taxi. Uh-huh. Can we take care of our witnesses no. better? Not only does she arrive in a taxi, she's mobbed, mobbed. by people. That people are touching terrifying. her, grabbing terrifying. at her. There's like a fucking, send a car for her, Ken Starr. I know. Jesus. I know. I know. It's horrible. So he denies everything, never exposed himself to Paula, never asked her to kiss his penis, all this stuff. But yeah. then... Uh, They take the opportunity. He's deposed. He's under oath. They take this opportunity to ask him about other women. He denies them all. And he didn't see it coming. And then... They ask him about Monica Lewinsky. And you could see it on his face. Yeah, because he also doesn't know that they know anything. Like, he was he was expecting all the other names. Yes. He was not expecting Monica Lewinsky. No, and they ask if he was ever alone with her in the Oval Office. He totally stumbles over his answer. Yeah. And they, they're asking him, like, questions about gifts. He's trying to deflect. And they ask, finally, if he ever had sexual relations with Monica. And to get that so that the President of the United States doesn't have to say, like, sex words, they slide him a, a piece of paper. And they're like, these are all the sex things. Did you do any of these? Right. And he thinks quickly on his feet. I hate to say it. But the document says that he had to have touched Monica, quote, with an intent to arouse or gratify the sexual desire of any person. And he thinks, now, wait a second. So with Clinton's lightning fast mind, he reads this and thinks, well, she might be arousing me, but I wasn't arousing her. And so therefore, um, I wasn't having sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. She was arousing me. I wasn't arousing her. Therefore, no sexual relations. Yes. Bada bing, bada boom. He lies again. He also knows in the moment he's lied under oath, they're going to know that. And this is a felony. Yeah. Yes. But now at this point, the press doesn't know about Monica Lewinsky. All they know is that Bill Clinton was deposed and Paula Jones is happy about how it went. Yes. No one knows anything else. And she's happy about it because she knows he's lied under oath. Right. But like no one knows why. It's just like he got deposed. She's happy. What the hell happened? (laughs) But reporters are starting to hear that like something really big is about to break and something about a young woman in the White House and maybe it's an affair. I don't know, but it's a major investigation. Because Lucianne, that book agent, gave the story to Newsweek. They're like previewing Linda's fucking book or whatever. Newsweek week sits on it, doesn't do it. Lucianne gets mad, calls her friend Matt Drudge. Played perfectly by Billy Eichner in the, the <gasps> Ryan Murphy Is thing. it Billy Eichner? It is. Side by side, you can't <laughs> tell them apart. 
It is excellent. But so they, from this news reporter from a long time ago, clearly, a conservative yeah. renegade who loves to skewer the liberal elite. Barf, barf, barf. But this guy, like, walked around with a fedora. It's been a minute since we got the good barf, barf, barf. I feel like I just said it, but sure. I just hate it. He would, like, walk around with a fedora. He was doing, yeah. like, a bit, and he wanted to be, like, an old-timey, hey, there, you got Mexican, whatever. But he puts the story. Also a good whatever. A well-timed whatever. God, Great. I'll what, take it. Like, mad drudge. But, like, he put, so he has the drudge report. Yeah. And the timing of this is important. The internet is, I'm not, maybe five minutes old at this right. point. Yeah. Matt Drudge puts this on the internet, like, yeah. this story. The internet explodes. <laughs> the internet literally crashes, it, they the, say. Wait, the entire, I know, internet kids, crashed. this makes no sense. The internet was brand, 10 days old, I maybe. Know. It's true. He puts this, the yeah. biggest, all the sort of details, all this stuff, the entire internet crashes. Yeah. Like, around the country. It's true. So, like, they pull it, and they learn that the country will forgive the infidelity, but not the lying. So he's got to go, like, and admit to the infidelity. Also, the affair is lying. Exactly. To exactly. Are you kidding me, totally. everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we really going to no, do this? No, they don't care if he lies to Hillary. Nobody likes Hillary, Jillian. If oh, you don't right. be paying attention. But her emails, right? Right, exactly. Look, I, there are a couple things I don't love about her in this, but God damn it, was she right about I everything know. in 2016. <laughs> Good Lord. So we learn that the day this story breaks, Clinton had a previously scheduled news interview. Can you imagine being this guy? No. So the, the entire administration is like, please don't lie. Do it. Say absolutely anything else. Just don't lie. The one thing, if you, if I had to ask you, beg you to I do know, one thing, please don't lie. Please what don't does lie. he do? He lies. He, he goes out there and lies. He <laughs> says, I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. This is the famous, I did not have sexual Sex relations with that woman. That woman. I, and then oh, he's like, all of these allegations are false now. If you'll excuse me, some of us have work to do. Exactly. And like the journalists are like, the lady doth protest too much. Like obviously there's a story here. But what this does is it puts the blame and the attack on Monica. Right. And now it's about Monica's the monster. And she's right. a stalker and she's obsessed and she's well, paranoid. Because if you think about it, for people who are casual news consumers are thinking, would the president lie? Of course the president wouldn't lie. This woman must be making it up. Right. And the thing is, like, she's a joke. She's all over the late night yeah. shows. She's slut shamed. She's laughed at. The thing about that is that Bill Clinton was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Like, he told, he allowed all, like, that narrative to happen. Yeah. And yeah. now SNL is doing, and everyone, like, she, I don't understand how she survived this. I know. I, it's unbelievable to And me. Bill is still out there denying it. And then we learn about the famous blue dress. And Monica's is, got receipts, you guys. I mean, thanks to Linda Tripp. But this yeah. is seven months into Monica's hell on earth. She's yeah. been skewered in the press for seven months. Yeah. The blue dress emerges. It has Bill Clinton semen on it. Yeah, one of the talking heads says she saves a dress on which the president had ejaculated. Even to say that now, it's, it's, you can't believe this. How, how is it possible? She saved the dress onto which the president ejaculated. Okay, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the reason <laughs> if you guys could have seen the look on Jillian's face just be like Valerie Trash I don't need to say that yeah, the, she was not expecting me to say the word ejaculated because I'm picturing like creepy Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton ejaculated. but like Bill Clinton now like 800 year old he's always been a creep but 800 yeah, yeah, year old yeah, yeah. Bill Clinton like I can't even let's I not know. even get into it but <laughs> the reason she saved it and also like another she was really disgusted you guys it's like come she on so and I'm no prude I'm just no, saying don't. I don't want a sexless marriage I, I like my sex full marriage 100% I'm not a prude but like he's a creep yeah and he's a thousand years old right now but we support older people having sex like Keith Morrison he exactly. can have as much as he wants absolutely the point is yeah. a lot of people at the time were like ew gross she saved the dress she probably loved it blah 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 no the reason she saved that dress yeah. is because Linda Tripp told her to the navy blue dress I would rather you had that in your possession if you need it years from now that's all I'm gonna say I have this nagging feeling this can be your insurance one day down the line if he I ever turns on you. I disagree with that. Yeah. I think that's good advice. It's like the one good thing she told her to do. Did, I hope she kept it in a garment bag I, at least. Oh, God, I know. But also, Linda wasn't saying this out of the goodness of her heart, no. remember? Right. You She's know? saying it because I need that to back up the tape yeah, I just made. Yeah, I need it. Yeah. It's my insurance, exactly. Monica, not yours. <laughs> Dumbasses. Um, we learn when Monica signed the cooperation agreement with Ken Starr, she turned the dress over. They also blow right by that. She's now cooperating with the FBI. Okay, great. She has to or she's going to go to prison. Well, of course. I know. Because she's turned it over and there is DNA evidence on it, Bill Clinton is compelled to give a blood sample. And at that point, he knows the jig is up. Right. Now he has to come out and say he lied. Right. But at the same time, 
keep everyone on his side and get people on his side. And weirdly, he's great at that. <laughs> so he reads the statement. Yeah. He's like sitting for this like deposition or whatever and he has like a script and it's just like, I don't know. It's so Bill Clinton. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, but it's still like, well, we didn't have sexual intercourse. He's, right. he's not just saying, yes, right. this is what happened. I'm yeah. a creep. I've been doing this for years. I mean, everyone in Arkansas has known about it. Can we just, just, I know. just say it? He invented that I smoked marijuana but didn't inhale. What did you expect? I know. You know what I, I mean? I know. I know. Now he's also being questioned about this. Yeah. So this is where we get the infamous. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. It depends on what the meaning of is is. is. I know. I've never actually gotten the full sentence of that because it's all just ridiculous. And they're saying Bill Clinton won that round because it became a definition of what sex is. He got to redefine what sex is. They verbally spar back and forth. Right. You because know? like his point is like, well, I must have misunderstood the question because we didn't have penetrative sex. I was answering that question. Right. So we didn't have that. So we didn't have sex. And now I've defined what sex is and I win. But all of these like middle-aged boomer white dudes, like no one wants to say blowjob. Right. No one wants to say oral sex. Like, uh-huh. can't start be up. Like, I, I hate mean, it. you basically fainted when I said ejaculate. It's the picture. It's the visual. <laughs> I'm a visual person. Oh, now I see his face. No. Bro. <laughs> See? You hate it too. Yeah. But, but Ken Starr could have been like, I'm talking about oral sex, sweetheart. And no one wanted to like, it's like. We, I wish that that's how they interrogated each other. <laughs> hey, sweet. Hey, sweet tits. Yeah, I'm talking about. talking about oral sex. <laughs> Did you get a blow J or not? Let's move on. Want to go to lunch? But no one wanted to say that. It's no. like people too scared of the gay stuff. So we let John Wayne Gacy right. just murder people exactly. for 10 years. Yes. It's like, can you just ask him about the blow J? Yep. <laughs> I've never heard you abbreviate it like that. A blow J. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We, we've gone I'm really in a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> I do love because like eventually people get so tired of Ken Starr being such a fucking prude that Michael Moore, remember the filmmaker Michael Moore? Of course. Fahrenheit 9-11, Bowling for Columbine, yes. like that guy sicko. He shows up outside of Ken Starr's house with a cast of the crucible right. in full costume. In like 1600s <laughs> yeah. garb, acting out a witch hunt. Yes. And there's a guy in a pilgrim outfit, the hat, the tights, know, the yeah. shoes with the buckles, chasing. <laughs> after Ken Starr's yes. car because Ken yeah. Starr spent $50 million on this investigation. Yeah. It was 36 boxes of documents and they release it online as the Star Report. Yes. And it crashed the internet of once course. again. Of course. But like, Only three people can be on at a time, Jillian. It was the 90s. You think we're kidding. Back then, like, everything crashed. But, like, yeah. Starr and his team weren't telling journalists, like, here's the legality, here's where he lied. They yeah. were calling them up and being like, that's super graphic and embarrassing and yeah. humiliating. He you said the should- word anus 88 times or something. Yeah, you should focus on that. Let's ruin Monica a little bit more. Yeah, Let's yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. That's what they were doing and that's disgusting. Yes. In the end, the public didn't care. Like, the Star Report was salacious and people read it, but like, it didn't really change anybody's mind. So Clinton is impeached in the House. Mm-hmm. He's not convicted by the Senate, so he's not removed from office and like, nothing changed. So nothing happens. Nothing except happens. Monica's life was ruined for years until yeah. she like, picked herself back up again and just became the strong woman. I mean, she always was clearly, yeah. but now she's an icon. She's an icon and my last note here it says, guess what? Hillary doesn't want to talk about it. Shocking. <laughs> I know. Uh, we got trouble with a capital T. That rhymes with P. That stands for power balance. <laughs> I thought you said power bottom. No. <laughs> Girl, what's this one called? Truth and Lies, Bill and Monica. Monica we did that one, fam. We did it. Hey, reminder, everyone come to Obsessed Fest. Okay. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm good. Anyone. And don't be worried about coming by yourself. Right on the very first day, one of the first things we're doing is a meetup for solo travelers. Yeah. It's going to be all of the network people. It's going to be all of our other friends. We're doing panels and sing-alongs and meet and greets. We're and we're doing drag time. brunch. Yeah. And we're doing live shows. Uh, 2,200 of your true crime best friends. Yeah. So just go to ObsessedFest.com. It's September 31st to October. Second in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, that means we're starting spooky season together. I know. Come on. I know. I know. Also, if you want more Jillian than me, please join us on the Patreon. Yeah, why, why don't you? What are we doing now? We just did Wild Crime. We're yeah. doing Love Fraud on Showtime. Yes. We did Puppet Master. Oh my God. We got some crazy things on there. Oh, we did like The Staircase a thousand years ago, The Jinx. Total Lorena, Serial Season One, The Vow, I'll be gone in the Dark. State. There's so much stuff there. Go listen. It's patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or go to our website, click on the Patreon link. My last request get in the Facebook group, please. Yeah, come hang. Because there's 50,000 people in there. We've got like several 
incredible moderators led by our lead mod, Sasha. Sasha's the best. It's a very safe place. Nothing gets out of hand. Share your dog memes. Talk about the episodes. Meet yeah. your true crime besties. Just come hang out. And just like, don't be dicks about it. Don't be Just dicks. come hang out. Yeah. Don't be like an M. Coulter about it. Oh, God. Girl, what are we doing next? We are doing The Hunt for the Chicago Strangler. Oh, damn. I've never heard of The Chicago so Strangler. So this is three episodes on Discovery Plus. We're doing that thing. We turn it into a two-parter. Yes. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, Sh- stay tuned for the trailer for that. It's really scary. Our ridiculous and hilarious outtakes, which I, I'm assuming you're going to be bananas. <laughs> <laughs> like, did we just do that? Was I that a real know. thing? Was I, I here for any of it? I, know, I think so. Was I? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, you were yeah, here yeah. too. I guess we'll yeah. find out next Tuesday when it airs. Oh my God. All right. We love you, fam. We love you. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Strangulation, asphyxiation, every single one of them done the same way. These are not random acts of street violence. Okay, so is there any marks or anything on her? No, but there's something wrapped around her neck. There's something wrapped around her neck. It screams serial killer. In my opinion, when you get to the black and brown communities, they get policed differently. You're talking about women who were thrown in the trash, who were found in abandoned buildings, like horrors. We continue to worry that 51 is not the right number. We know damn well it's more women than that. And then you say, well, we don't know why these things are happening here. Yes, you do. Because you've essentially created the perfect place to get away with murder. Don't give me that self-deprecating humor that, like, the gays love and try to get me on your side. I'm not doing it with you, and I'm not doing it with Ann Coulter. Don't do it. But I love the self-effacing jokes. I'm not going to be Miss America either, by the way. Fine. You know what I mean? Fine. Yeah. Thanks for quoting Taylor Swift. You guys heard that, right? Great. So, um... I do always wonder, Monica and Hillary are both like feminist icons now. Have they ever met? Have they ever spoken? I, I can't imagine they have. No. But like in secret, you know what I mean? Are we going to get that play 50 years from now about the time Monica and Hillary met in secret? And it's just like the conversation, but they're both sitting at chairs totally. looking into the audience. <laughs> totally. It'll be at the Lyceum totally. Theater, the smallest theater on Broadway. <laughs> just be like Hillary and Monica. Oh my God. Hillary versus Monica or Monica totally. versus Hillary or something. It'll run for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, saying, to, I'm saying to America. I'm oh, yelling great, at you. Great, okay. In this instance, I'm yelling at America. You're yelling to me, not at me. Exactly. And that. See, why do you understand that, but my husband does not? I don't know. Ask Mike. He doesn't get it either. <laughs> why didn't we just marry each other and have a beautiful sexless marriage? Because I don't want that. I know. I like either. what we have, which is a beautiful <laughs> sexless marriage. <laughs> That's, ex- that's actually exactly what You're we have. You're absolutely right. Oh, my God. 